One of my favorite stories and movies ever is The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. It's one where young children from Earth become the kings and queens of another world known as Narnia, and by extension, the citizens of Aslan's country, which is beyond the sea. In this episode, I ricochet off of this story to give us the key to living while still on Earth as citizens of heaven, simply by knowing that we have been freed from the power of sin and death. It's a key I found in the Bible in Romans 6 verse 2. If we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? I think this first deserves a seller. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Okay, so let me just begin with a quick backstory to this um, episode. So the Chronicles of Narnia is basically a story, which is a euphemism where Aslan represents Jesus. Aslan's country represents heaven and Narnia represents the new reality of a saved Christian where Jesus' death saved him out of the kingdom of the evil witch where she had him bound and made him a citizen of heaven, free to rule and reign over the enemy. So the children represent us, obviously, like the humans of earth for whom Jesus died to make citizens of heaven. You know, we're set free from the power of sin, death and hell forever. We're heirs to, destined to reign with him. And, um, you know, in the story of Narnia, how the queen enslaved the children in the first place was by luring one of them and tempting him with uh, what she could give him. And in exchange, he would have to betray his siblings to her. So it's, it's a whole story. I would suggest you like watch the If you can't read the books, because the books are quite a lot and they're series. So if you prefer to just watch the movies there, I think it's an installation of three movies. I don't think it is an installation of three movies. My favorite. I've watched it who knows how many times. So you should see the movie if you just want a full story. Three. Um, she would whip out Turkish delight out of thin air. Turkish delight was like, it's, well, I guess it's turkey. Since it's Turkish delight, I was going to actually liken it to chicken, but I guess it's more of turkey, right? So she whips out Turkish delight out of thin air and a glass of hot chocolate, and she uses this to tempt the boy. The boy's name was Edward, and then he follows her willingly to her castle. Only on his arrival there, rather than more Turkish delight, which she had promised him. He was actually chained and thrown into the dungeon. And the only thing he was given, well, it was meant to be bread, but it was more like stone. It was so hard. It was so, it was so horrible looking. But the thing was that Aslan saved him. And, and how Aslan saved him is a story for another day. But I feel like you guys can guess, you know. <laughs> but we came to see later on that the witch in the story kept trying to lure him again. And she still promised him Turkish delight. Um... Thankfully, he did not fall, but instead he took his sword, which he had been given as king, and he like thrust it into the image of the witch and, you know, the witch that appeared to him, you know, tempting him once again. He just took the sword and like whoosh, and she was dead. So, yay, Edward, he did not fall. So, um, the story of how that happened is really where I want to concentrate on because the story of Narnia and, and what it represents for us as Christians is really wide, just as the story of how we are Christians is wide. But I want to center in on that place about how, you know, the witch lured Edward in with chicken and then Aslan saved him. But the, the witch actually came back again with more promises of chicken, you know. So that's where I want to center in. That's the major backstory to this episode. Uh, I just how many of us can actually relate to that backstory 
because I'm, I'm pretty sure we can relate to that backstory you know things we once struggled with you know and then we met jesus and everything turned around for us but there were these pocket moments where it seemed like those things we once struggled with were back at our doorstep and it's like wait a minute i i thought i thought i had been saved from this wait a minute i thought i was free from this and then we have these questions and then it sometimes it goes off into guilt it goes off into shame like i thought i was saved so how come you know i'm still feeling like i should go and do this or i should go and do that and um the thing is this when we're saved truth is it's our spirit that is changed bible says that our spirit is born again and you know the real man is actually the spirit man we have a soul we live in a body but who we really are the spirit is the man the spirit is actually the man and you know that's why the bible says all things have passed away and all things become new when we're born again our spirit actually entirely becomes new but we also possess a soul right and the soul is where all the information that we've gained across our years if you've been living 23 years all that soul information everything you've learned everything you've loved everything you've experienced is embedded in your soul all of it is right there and so when we are saved and the holy spirit comes to live inside of us replacing all of that and cleansing all of that is the work that the holy spirit gets to do in inside of us especially through the word of god so the word purifies us and cleanses us and changes our hearts our habits our desires and so those things that are there still tugging at you it doesn't mean you were not saved and that's what i actually want to talk about today i've come to realize that sometimes the fact that these things are still there like tugging at you and you can feel you can feel that temptation exactly the word the word really is temptation when those temptations come back of things maybe we once struggled with or even maybe new things and you have this question like wait I thought I was saved and you know this can get us feeling all defeated when the enemy comes back to tempt us we feel like simply facing those temptations means okay that means I'm probably still a slave to the enemy in this area but you see we're wrong the enemy is simply trying his luck at getting slaves again you were once a slave to that yes the enemy knows that you know that and now he actually knows you are free but the question is do we know that we are free the enemy knows that if he can get us to believe and agree that we are still slaves to sin that's all he needs our agreement because whatever we agree with we actually give our authority the reason the enemy keeps trying is because he wants your authority the only authority he has in the life of the believer is the one we give him your yes is your authority your agreement is your authority so if he comes to you and he tells you a lie and you choose to believe him by saying mm, yes this must be true you just gave him authority in your life in that area and so so many times we find ourselves back in places where we had left find ourselves doing things from which we had been set free and we start to wonder okay wait 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 i thought i thought i thought i knew jesus or i thought i was saved i thought the bible said now i'm a new creature all things have passed away listen the bible says in john 8 verse 36 so if the son makes you free then you are unquestionably free did you hear that if the son makes you free you are unquestionably free that's what the bible tells you who is now free if you believe jesus made you free you're unquestionable unquestionably free and then 
um, in John 8 verse 31 and 32, the Bible says again that if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Do you remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is the truth and his word is truth. His word is actually the truth by which he sets us free. When we believe in Jesus and confess him as our Lord, he actually sets us free from the power of sin and death. And as we live our lives daily, he sets us free by the word, renewing our mind. He sets us free from the things we've been enslaved by in our souls. He sets us free from habits, secret sins, um, things we've struggled with. He sets you free from the lies and the beliefs that have become strongholds in your mind. Those things that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God in your life you know you once believed a lie about yourself maybe that you were you were ugly or maybe that you you were born some type of way and you believe that you believe that that thing is exalting itself against knowledge of God in your life but by the truth of God's word where he reminds you in the Bible that okay you were wonderfully and beautifully made that's how he sets you free daily by the word of God so Jesus set us free and he keeps setting us free by the truth that he reveals to us that's where the actual salvation of our souls is in and so for me one of these truths was found in Romans 6 verse 2 verse 2 sorry so the truth is this a person who has died to sin can live in it no longer if you are dead to sin you are dead to it you can't live in it anymore let me say it how the message version puts it it says if we've left the country where sin is sovereign how can we still live in our old house there or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good that is what happened in baptism when we went under the water we left the old country of sin behind when we came up out of the water we entered into the new country of grace a new life in a new land I really love that I really love that think of it like this if you packed up and left the house you were living in on let's say let's say you were living on 23rd Street Montgomery Road in Europe and then you moved to a totally different country let's say Australia hmm? you moved to Australia so how is it possible if you moved to Australia that you are still living in Europe. Anyone who calls you on the phone and tells you that, hey, I know you are still in Europe, while they called you in Australia, you would call them crazy because it's like, I don't understand, what are you saying? You know I'm in Australia, so how can you be saying I'm still in Europe? But do you know that that's what the enemy does? He calls you up saying, listen, listen, listen. Uh, hey, what's up? I know you live on 23rd Montgomery Road in Europe. So I was thinking, would, would you like to come over? Let's go and get that fried chicken from that restaurant on the corner. You know, I know you love that chicken. I know you love that chicken. It's like, like, come on. You've never been able to say no to this chicken. So just come over. Let's go. And the truth is, you're actually all the way in Australia picking this call. Do you know what we do? What we do is rather than tell the enemy, listen, listen, you're actually wrong. I used to live there, but I don't live there anymore. Right now, I'm all the way in Australia. I live here now, and so I can't, I can't get chicken with you. I'm sorry, but, but I'm not actually sorry. Instead of telling the enemy that, what we do is we say, well, well, okay. I mean, if the enemy called me, it must mean I'm still meant to be in Europe. I don't, I don't understand. I, I thought I moved to Australia, but I guess my roots are still in Europe. And maybe I still really love that chicken so much that I need to be in Europe. And then it's like, okay, enemy, hold on a second. I'm just going to hop on the earliest flight and I'll, I'll meet you at that restaurant at the corner. And just like that, boom, we're back in Europe eating fried measly chicken. 
with the enemy. No, no sister, no brother, no you do not, not anymore. I have learned in my own life to talk right back to the enemy whenever he calls me up. See, I'm like, guy, guy. I've moved though. I'm not about that chicken life anymore. Right now, I'm a lamb girl. <laughs> you know, all we have in Australia here is fresh lamb, straight from the throne of God. I'm like, except you have something more to offer me than that fried chicken. That fried chicken, eh? Except you have something more that can surpass this lamb over here. Sorry, boo. But this number you have called is not available, okay? We have to learn to tell the enemy to actually go to hell because like guys, that's that's where he belongs, right? The way you know you are free is that you have a choice. A slave is not free, guys. A slave has no choice. That's what it means to be a slave. You have no choice. The desire of your master is your doing. Whatever he says is what you do. But one who is free, it means you get to choose. Guys, you can actually say no. That's what free means. You get to choose. You're not a slave to the enemy, so when he calls, you get to choose. So I wrote a version of this um, inspired by Romans 6 verse 2 and the Narnian story because for me, that's actually what made it sink in. So let me just read it to you guys. It's called A Message to the Narnians. They're citizens of Aslan's country children of the kingdom, beloved of Aslan. Although we have won the war and our freedom paid for with Aslan's blood, I have found that the witch will still not give up. She is after us, hounding for our blood, looking for slaves to keep locked up in her kingdom. She knows she has lost the war, but every chance she gets, she still tries to draw the sons of Adam with her temptations and lies. I am aware she reaches out to you, to some even quite often, and you hide because you feel like a traitor, like one who is betraying his savior. I must tell you, she reaches out to me too. You are not alone, and you are not a traitor. Your freedom has made you a threat to the witch's kingdom, and so she would love to have you a slave at all costs. But let me remind you what Aslan told me. We are now children of the kingdom, kings and queens of Narnia, we are subject only to Aslan, the citizens of his country. How can we who have left the witch's kingdom still be in our old house there? Look around you. You are in a different city now. There are no chains on you any longer. You are not a slave to her. I repeat, you are not a slave to her. Understand that Aslan freed you. With his blood, he bought you. The witch has no claim over you. She only tries to see if she can illegitimately have you, for the only authority she has over you is the authority she gets from you. She can have you only if you say she can have you. But she has lost the battle. Even though we will fight till we cross to Aslan's country, the victory belongs to us. Don't give away your freedom. Don't become enslaved by the witch's temptations, for whatever she gives you will only be a momentary pleasure. Instead, remind her of your freedom every time she calls you. Let her know Aslan has freed you. And so consider yourselves truly free in this freedom. Free to serve the one who bought your freedom. His death bought your freedom. I repeat, his death bought your freedom. There are no shackles on your feet. You are not a slave to the witch. You are free. 
a citizen of the kingdom of the free. Now I ask you, will you rather be slaves to the witch from whom you have been freed, or will you be free and live for the one who made you free? Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. I really hope you loved it. And I hope that these truths will help us to actually walk in true freedom as we have been set free. I'll see you guys in the next episode.